This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Chopped in over the line now. The fourth line for the Capitals is out there as well. Long shot scores! Tom Wilson of all people! We said it when Mitch Marner threw it from a bad angle to the left of Braden Holtby. There's a lot of bad goals in overtime. Chalk this up is another one. I miss those radio calls and Maple Leaf games. Joe Bowen and company back on our airwaves coming up this fall. Looking forward to that already. And you know that the new hockey season's near when the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp is taking place right here in Toronto. Gareth Wheeler with you. What's up, Toronto? It is two minutes past 12 o'clock on this Wednesday, August 23rd. Poll question is up at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter. NHL Network ranked Austin Matthews. Fourth best center in the NHL after just one season. Where do you think he should be? One one to three? Right there in the four spot. Top ten? Or eleven to twenty? Cast your vote at TSN ten fifty radio. Wanna get into the umpiring in Major League Baseball? What went on with Kevin Pilar last night? We'll get into that. More reaction from the Kyrie Irving. Isaiah Thomas trade, another blockbuster in a crazy summer in the NBA. That's coming up as well. And 7,000. 7,000 tickets still available to McGregor Mayweather this Saturday night. I I know the tickets were expensive. But 7,000 in an arena that holds 20? I, I mean, that... I don't know what's going on in Vegas, but we'll go to Vegas and hear from Robin Black a little bit later on this hour as well. As I previously mentioned, the 2017 BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp taking place August 21-24th to 24th, right here in Toronto. The BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp attracts some of the NHL's top stars and prospects, providing a high-performance environment with access to the country's best trainers and sports therapy specialists. The week-long session concludes with the annual BioSteel Cup, a highly competitive round-robin tournament played in front of special guests, Make-A-Wish kids, as well as families. And North Toronto's own, and, and, and reading the Toronto Star, I love this label. I got to ask him how he likes it. It says, or it reads, Leafs killer Tom Wilson preparing for season at BioSteel Camp. The Leafs killer himself, Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals, joins me on the line from the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp at Tom underscore Wilson on Twitter. Do you like that title? Do you like that name, Leafs killer Tom Wilson? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. You know, it was a it was a good series, lots of emotion, and obviously people were kind of upset that. Uh, the hometown kid kind of comes home and, and beats the Leafs uh, <laughs> with, his, with his new team. So it's, uh, you know what, the name stuck a little bit, but it's uh, it's going to be a new year and the rivalry will continue and there will be new heroes and, and it'll be fun. It, it just seems aggressive. Leafs killer. I mean, you grew up a Leafs fan, didn't you? Now you can't be known as the Leafs killer. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I was definitely a Leafs fan growing up, but... Uh, it was fun. I mean, it could have gone the other way. You know, you, you take you take what you get, and um, it was a fun fun series for my family and friends. And um, 
the, the agitator in me kind of enjoyed coming home and and helping uh, helping the the boys get past the Leafs. Right, I, totally. I totally get it. I've always just called you Big Tom Wilson. You're a big guy. <laughs> it just seems appropriate, right? Like if your name's Tom, having the you know the word big in front of it just makes sense, especially when you're like six four. Yeah, they're uh, you know what, definitely kind of a big guy. But there's, I mean, here at Barnesville, there's a couple <laughs> guys that are bigger now. There's some big guys out there. So, wow, well, little speedy guys and some big, uh, big strong guys out there. So the way the game's going. How was your summer, buddy? Did you did you just stick around here in Toronto? Yeah, I was around here uh, for the most part, uh, kind of uptown where I grew up. Um, but uh, definitely kind of bouncing around uh, Europe and then back to. Um, the states a couple times and stuff like that. So it was a busy summer and definitely a nice recharge and um, starting to, to get things going back uh, ready for the season. Very cool. Where'd you go in Europe? Any highlights? I was in uh, just in the Netherlands for for a week and kind of finished in Amsterdam. And, nice. Uh, it's a different world out there. It was pretty fun to experience and see. Very cool. I mean, yeah, Amsterdam is a whole new world. It's a fun place to be, and and that's the thing, like. As much as you're at the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp now and you're fine-tuning, you're taking care of yourself, you need that time to really just get away for a while, right? Because, I mean, it can be all-encompassing trying to keep yourself in shape and in the right mindset, you know, playing hockey all the time. It's good to have that break, just that getaway. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know what? It's a long year with the with the playoffs and all and 82 games and um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun along the way, but definitely kind of need a break after you're, you're invested kind of every day for that, that, uh, period of time. So it's, it's nice to have a recharge kind of physically, mentally. And, um, you know what, it, it's, it's fun to come home and, and enjoy the summer with family and friends, just take a little breather. And, um, it's, that's what I love about being, uh, with, with Matt Nickel and, you yeah. know, coming into the gym here, it's a lot of fun and a great, great group of guys. So, makes it uh makes it enjoyable summer and um you know you go back and keep the ball rolling just confidence into the into the the, the season coming up Leafs killer big tom wilson i combined them both joining us here <laughs> on tsn radio i'm wheels at tom underscore wilson on twitter before we look ahead let's look back and there'll be a lot of fond memories but a lot of tension as well when it came to that playoff series against the maple leafs you of course had a big hand in it the overtime winner we just heard in game one, two goals in game four as well. But with five of the six games going overtime, maybe you can ex- describe for our listeners what it felt like being inside your dressing room. You just won the President's Trophy yet again, yet this young Pesky's Le- Pesky Leafs team is giving you everything you can handle. There had to be a level of tension, Tom. Yeah, they, I mean, we we knew that they were going to be a, a good team. We never had them labeled as underdogs from our locker room. That was kind of a spin that the media um, put on on the series. Um, President's Trophy against the young, like you said, young, uh, uh, speedy kind of pesky team, and um, they're exactly that. They had a ton of skill. They were young um, and and some really good talent in that room. So we knew it was going to be tough. Um, they played us hard. Uh, they stuck around and, and gave themselves a chance to win the series. So. Um, our experience kind of helped us out, helped kind of um, push them out and, and get us the, the, the series. But uh, it was fun. They played hard, and I think everyone was, was pretty excited about the city, uh, about the Leafs being back in the, 
in the dance at the end of the year and uh, kind of a perfect storm there in Toronto. It was it was fun to be a part of. Be- being here in studio when you're watching the Washington Washington local broadcast, I mean they were panicking. Uh, was there that uh, oh crap moment inside your room as well? You know what? It's it's funny when you talk about the difference between the broadcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> you listen to one overtime winning goal in game one then you listen to that one and uh, <laughs> you know what there's definitely the bias there's definitely the different perspectives and opinions but um you know what you try and ignore all that and at the end of the day it doesn't matter what the what the media is saying in the middle of the game in the middle of game five or game six it's down to the players and, and the coaches and whoever's a part of that game and getting the job done and um it doesn't really matter what what everyone thought was going to happen it's uh you know, it comes down to the, the, the last elimination game, and we got the job done. But, but, but in the end, like we can admit that there were some nerves, though, inside your room, Tom. I, I, you know what? The guys, that, our room. There's guys that have been around the game a long time, so uh, I think there might have been uh, everyone. If you say there's no nerves going into any playoff series, I right. think you're wrong. Everyone's kind of um, a little antsy, uh, especially round one. You know, you haven't had a taste of it for almost a year, so they did a good job of coming out of the gates fast and we were aware that we were going to have to show up so they stuck around we'd score a nice goal and then and they'd come out the next shift and that Matthews goal that goes off four different things and he scores you know that can be deflating to a team so um I was kind of proud that the guys we we stuck with it and and just kept uh kept kind of one foot up and and you know what we got the job done and there's always the distraction of Brayden Holpe's beard like that thing is has a life of its own eh yeah, he's a he's a stud. He's a, he's a great guy <laughs> off the ice and a heck of a goalie. So we're we're lucky to have him. So I, I don't know how much you guys follow these NHL rankings. The NHL Network came out with with positional rankings, and they yeah. ranked Austin Matthews as the fourth best center in hockey, one spot ahead of your teammate Nicholas Backstrom, who's an incredible player in his own right. Do you agree with those rankings, or do you not even care? Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. I don't think, uh, but it, it, I agree with it. He's a he's a great player, and I, I I respect him a lot. I mean, he played a full season. Uh, he was kind of the leader of that that hockey team um, for for a little bit, as much as he could be as, at that young of an age. And um, you know what? He he plays the game well. He's got so much skill, and he's exciting to play against and and kind of watch. So um, you know what? The advantage he has. Um, over Nicky is he's done it for one year. Nicky's done it for eleven or however many seasons, twelve. Um, he's been one of the best centermen from the first game that he played in the league. So um, it's going to be exciting to see where Matthews takes his his career. He's got a ton of upside, and I think right now, yeah, they're they're both some of the the best centermen in the game. Right. I mean, you're a young guy in your own right, Tom. What are, what are you? Twenty three. Yeah, 23. It, it just seems like it's a young man's game now. And like whether it's a preparation that places like BioSteel give you or what have you, there's just so many young players in this league doing really special things, more so than ever before. Does that surprise you at all, being one of the young players in the league, just when you look around and see so many, so much good young talent around you? Yeah, I don't think it's that surprising. There, there's, like you said, maybe more more than ever right now, but there's always been... I mean, Nick Backstrom and, and Alex Ovechkin, they were young players at, at one point. Ovi scoring goals off his back and stuff. So there's always been those electric young guys, but nowadays more than ever, there's two or three maybe to a team that are that are young and, and contributing. Um, so it, it's a fast game. You know what? It, 
I think right now there's a great balance. You need those those veteran guys around. Those are the guys that played um, through different eras and and kind of show the young guys how the, the league works and stuff. And then you got the electric young the young guys that come and and, and do some pretty um, amazing things with the puck. So it's uh, it's definitely fun fun time to be a part of the game right now. And um, you see a ton of young talent that are doing so well for themselves. And, um, I've been fortunate to have a great group of veteran guys around me in my first couple of years. And, and, and you mentioned one of them being Alexander Ovechkin, the greatest goal scorer of this generation. Yeah, it seems like when it comes to those rankings or outside perception, he doesn't necessarily get the respect he deserves. Why do you think yeah. that is, Tom? Yeah, he, he gets a bad rap uh, a little bit, but you know what? He's uh, He's been my captain for, for four seasons now. Um so he, he he made me sure welcome from day one. He's a, he's a great guy, and you know what? He he's a controversial player. He scores a ton of goals, and he he can cha- change a game in, in two seconds. So there's not many guys like that, and um, he's definitely in the spotlight and um, get, catches a lot of heat for for little things here and there. But um, you know what? He's he's done a ton for the for the city of DC. He's, he's revamped the entire sport there. It wasn't much. Uh, Caps hockey before him, so he's uh, he's a franchise guy, and he's done a ton of ton of good stuff for for our team and, and for the city. And um, you know what? Sometimes it's it's you got to take the good and the bad when you're in the spotlight twenty four seven. I mean, I'm a huge Ovi backer. I'm a huge Ovi guy. I'm intrigued whether he will find a way to play in the Olympics. Uh, is that is that something that goes through you and your teammates' head as well? Like, what if this guy? goes rogue and ends up in Pyeongchang playing for Russia. Yeah, you know what? It, it doesn't it's, – it's a decision that he's going to have to make. It, he's going to make the decision based off of um, himself, his teammates, his club team, his country, his his family. Um, so he, he's, a, he's a grown man. He can make his own decision. And, and as teammates, you respect that whatever decision he makes. And you make do with it, and and if he goes to the Olympics, if not, you know what? The next day you wake up, you still got a job to do, and um, I think uh, it's going to be interesting as it um, as it kind of reveals itself. But uh, you're going to have to probably ask that question a, a couple hundred more times here before, uh, before the Olympics starts. <laughs> and I'm sure you will have to be asked. You and your teammates yeah. will have to be asked as well. Sorry about that, dude. L- let Let's end this. And this is Tom Wilson, by the way, from the Washington Capitals um, this season. There's still a lot of expectations around your team, and the President's Trophy wins are good. I would like to see the team like you guys who wins the regular season, there being some more incentive, like another bonus, whether it be more cap space, more money, more flexibility, more something, just to reward teams who give it and bring it over 82 games. Do you know what I mean by that, Tom? Like, the President's Trophy, for me, should be a bigger deal than it actually is. I know what it means to you guys, the players, but in terms of the outside perception, I really think that it should be embraced as something really, truly special. Yeah, it's it's no easy accomplishment. It's a long year, and um, to put 82 games together and be the best team in the league for um, two seasons, two consecutive seasons, that's a big accomplishment, and uh, the way that our sport is is that it's all about kind of team camaraderie and and getting to the the cup and and winning that. That's what every kid kind of dreams of. So it, it's it's one other sports put a little bit more emphasis on winning their league and stuff like that. But um, you know what? It's nice. It, it's definitely a big accomplishment because it, it shows how focused a, a team can be to achieve that success over such a long year. But 
um, you know what? It almost makes it kind of more frustrating when you have that success and then uh, you don't get the the ultimate goal. So um, we that's just kind of the mentality we had in, in Washington. We have in Washington part of our identity that we try and, and, and win every game you know you show up with a with a confidence and and expectation that you're going to give it your all every single game so we did that for, for two seasons and it's not going to change we're going to we're going to try and bring that into this season and fly under the radar a little bit and hopefully get to the dance again and make a push being the Leafs killer you are now the question is can you do it outside outdoors because you take on the Maple Leafs in an outdoor game that's got to be pretty special you got to have that circled on the calendar this year yeah, uh, it, that's I've been out to that venue uh, before. It's, How is it? It's, really, it's nice. It's, yeah. it's a great campus, and um, it's a great part of the of uh, I think it's Maryland and, and you know Maryland, Virginia, DC. They're all really it's a nice area. It's, it's fun to play there, and um, you know what? It, like I said, there's going to be new guys that step up, and I'd, I'd gladly um, continue to kind of put daggers into the, that Leaf team but uh, you know what it's a team game and it's, it's been fun to, to go go to battle with the hometown team but um, like I said there's going to be there's going to be guys that step up and hopefully we continue to kind of have the upper hand on, on that team. Yeah I had Josh Hosang on earlier this week he says it's funny it's like it's, it's, it's fun for him the whole idea beating the Maple Leafs and making his dad upset by beating the Maple Leafs I'm sure you have to deal with that as well yeah, I, I, you know what, I love the Leafs as a kid, and um, it's always special to play them. And um, you know what, it's it's almost engraved in your kind of your nature growing up in Toronto. So um, it's it's the agitator in me loves it loves playing that uh, coming home and, and you know playing against your home team and hopefully um, you know taking the team that you're loyal to now and and that you've grown to be a part of and, and beating the your old favorite team when you were a kid. Well, you have a whole bunch of fans here in the Toronto area, Tom. Um, what else do you have going on? Anything else to promote? You're at BioSteel all week long. Take some time and wax poetic about yourself. Yeah, no, it's everything's all good. It's, summer's coming to a close and be a fun week here and maybe another week of training and then back to, back to D.C. To, to get it going again. We wish you nothing but the best, Tom. Really appreciate you taking some time at Tom underscore Wilso on Twitter. Looking forward to the season, the outdoor game. But just take it easy on the buds, okay? Do us all a favor. <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can do. No promises, though. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate that. Tom Wilson, Washington Capitals, joining us right here on Toronto Today. And, of course, the BioSteel Pro Hockey Camp goes on all week long. These players have access to the country's best trainers and sports therapy specialists, including Maddie Nickel. Uh, the week-long session includes, I believe, tomorrow with a highly competitive round-robin tournament played in front of special guests, Make-A-Wish kids, and families. Good guy. I love Tom Wilson's game. A little bit of a throwback. The big body just so difficult to deal with. And this is something that the Maple Leafs are going to have to deal with, okay? They don't have... The biggest back end. Their blue line, their defensemen just aren't huge guys. And dealing with players like Tom Wilson that can skate a little, use their size, it's a true challenge. So perhaps that whole idea of being called a Leafs killer is appropriate. Or that type of player being a thorn in the Maple Leafs, you know what. We wish Tom Wilson nothing but the best. Robin Black is going to join me covering Mayweather McGregor from... Las Vegas this week. 
on behalf of TSN. He's going to check in next. We'll talk about the tickets not being sold, whether the hype has lacked a little bit of sizzle when it comes to this fight. And John Bones Jones, what a hypocrite. We'll get into that story pertaining to steroid use yet again by a guy who's supposed to be the face of UFC. We'll dip back into our poll question about Austin Matthews and continue with the Raptors talk as well. And WTF, that's straight ahead too. Gareth Wheeler with you. Toronto Today, TSN 1050. I mean, if he, if this ends up and he gets, uh, you know, and it ends up, you know, getting two or three, that uh, might be the end of his career. All the love, all the support. I know it hasn't been easy to root for me, but I've had the most loyal fans ever. I love you all. Thank you so much. Brock Lesnar, if you want to know what it feels like to get your ass kicked by a guy who weighs 40 pounds less than you, meet me in the octagon. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm sure I feel the same way every one of you felt when you heard. It's unbelievable. Brock Lesnar, John Bones Jones, maybe what happened in WWE, we're in a fight where you can use steroids and everyone can just turn a blind eye. No drug testing for this fight. Lesnar versus Jones, why not? The thing with John Bones Jones, like he talks smack and then he gets busted yet again. John Bones Jones tweeted before his fight against Daniel Cormier and said, Daniel said the reason, the this was on Twitter and Instagram, Daniel says the only reason I defeated him the first time is because I must have been on steroids. Wonder what his excuse will be this time. Well, John Bones Jones, maybe because you were on steroids the second time as well. Gareth Wheeler with you. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. This is the thing. I don't know if this even matters. Honestly, I watch UFC not because of credibility, the integrity of the sport. I watch it because I like combat sports. I think it's intriguing two guys going into the octagon against one another, trying to beat the living you know what out of one another. It's intriguing. The guy uses steroids or doesn't, I don't know how much I care, but he looks like an idiot as long as there's drug testing. He makes his employer, makes Dana White look bad, makes everyone who stands up for the guy look bad. It has less to do with John Bones Jones than it does everyone else. When will the time come where UFC stops fighting for legitimacy and starts... Going back to selling the product, it is what it is. It's awesome watching two guys go mano-a-mano in a combat sport. Is that where we are? I mean, Robin Black's going to join us in a few moments' time. We'll discuss this with him, as well as the fact that Mayweather-McGregor, 7,000 tickets still available for Saturday night's fight. They'll find a way to fill those seats, but they're asking exorbitant prices. To go, I think I brought it up. It was something like 25000 bucks for a pair of tickets. In like the lower bowl. Not even the floor seats, but in the lower bowl. There's 20,000 seats in the place and 7,000 haven't been sold? It's according to Dan Rowan, the sports editor of the BBC. It's crazy. Um, b- before we get back into the Mayweather-McGregor, John Bones-Jones talk... 
Uh, I wanted to bring up the Blue Jays lost again last night. Their season, whatever. Far too much airtime is spent debating what's going to happen with Estrada. What's good? Stop. The team is done. Done, done, done. It's been done since the All Star break. But last night, two things happened of any consequence. Josh Donaldson played shortstop, another home run. That's intriguing, both short and long term. And the other thing, Kevin Pillar being thrown out of a ball game. Claims, as he was, he told the umpire reportedly, according to Pillar, told Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun that all he said was the first pitch was terrible. He didn't raise his voice, didn't use any profanity, didn't cause a scene. And he was tossed last night by the umpire. I have a couple thoughts on this. One, how many times have Blue Jays players been thrown out this year because of dissent, because of upstaging an umpire? It has got to stop, and that comes down to the manager. John Gibbons, get control of your clubhouse. And Gibbons is getting tossed out. It sets a bad example. There's no self-control. With that being said, I'll come to the Blue Jays' defense as well. The Blue Jays need to know they need to reel it in. They have a bad reputation. But the umpires in Major League Baseball are so sensitive. Staging a protest by wearing armbands. Listen. If you grandstand, if you get in the face of these players and start acting irrationally, you should expect some sort of pushback. No one is going to a game to see you. They're there to see the players. And the sensitivity is nauseating. Umpires need to get a grip, lighten up, but Blue Jays players just dial it back as well. Understand you're on watch. Just the lack of the aware, a lack of awareness, quite frankly, shocking. But umpires, my God, and, and referees in any sport, just take it easy. It is not about you whatsoever. Robin Black's going to join us in a few moments' time. A poll question on today's show has to do with Austin Matthews being ranked fourth by NHL Network. Where would you rank Austin Matthews in the NHL's top centers? Thus far, in terms of our polling, 60% says top 10. That was my vote as well, top 10. Four might be a little high, even though Tom Wilson of the Capitals thinks that's accurate, pretty much spot on. He thinks that Austin Matthews is that good. Uh, 60% say top 10. 17% say outside the top 10. Seems a little far-fetched to me. 12% say fourth. That's just about right. 11% says one to three. And it's just difficult to, when you try to overhype a player after one year. We're feeling it right now with Marner, with Nylander, with Matthews. The ceiling is high. The sky's the limit as to what these players can be become. But you want to temper your expectations by a certain degree just not to leave yourself disappointed. I think for any player, they need to show they can do it year in, year out. That's what makes a player great in my opinion. We've seen all kinds of good players have a good first, second, or third season in the NHL, in the NBA, in the NFL. Then they go by the wayside. Then they fall off. It's the ability to achieve greatness consistently that makes a player 
a top five player at his position in the league. That's why it might be a little bit harsh on players like Nicholas Backstrom, on John Tavares, on Tyler Sagan, on an Anse Kopitar, a Jonathan Taves, to find themselves much lower on that list. I mean, who would I rather have? After Connor McDavid, it would probably be Austin Matthews next in terms of where they're going, the potential in the player. But that's not what the list is all about. So that, that's why these rankings are so fun. But Austin Matthews, the worry is what the outside perception may be if he doesn't produce 40 goals like he did last year. I, I Which is realistic. I mean, it, if he doesn't score 40 goals, it doesn't mean by any stretch of the mean that he's had a worse season or that he took a step back. He was 10th in scoring for centers in the NHL. And the assist numbers weren't there, and some people will say, well, look who he was playing with. And I get that as well. But in scoring for centers, what McDavid, Crosby, Backstrom, Shifley, Dreisaitl, Panarin, Getzlaff, Melkin, Sagan, then Matthews last year. Just to provide some context. Uh, is Robin Black joining? What's going on with Robin? We're working on getting Robin. Phone okay. tag. This is what we should do. We should wrap up now, come back, bring on Robin Black, and then we will get into WTF. So that's how we'll proceed here. We'll take a quick break. We'll get back, come back, speak with Robin about Mayweather-McGregor, and get straight into WTF. All that's still to come. Toronto Today, TSN 1050. Lease Busters, they'll rescue you from your car lease. Lease Busters, heroic, maybe helpful, totally. People would love to take over your car lease for your lease relief. Go to leasebusters.com. What's up, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you. It is 1241 on the dot. Precisely, exactly. WTF coming up in a few moments' time. We'll discuss male grooming. Albert Pujols and the Cavaliers NBA Championship Parade being mistaken for something else. All that coming up in a few moments' time. Um, Dan Rowan of BBC, the sports editor, reported last night that there is 7,000 tickets still available to Mayweather-McGregor. It's an incredibly big number considering the place only fills up uh, only holds 20,000. What's the buzz like in Vegas right now? What's going on with this fight? Robin Black, TSN MMA analyst, is in Las Vegas to cover Mayweather McGregor this week at Robin Black MMA on Twitter. And he joins me on the line. 7,000 tickets available, Robin? What's going on here? Hey, brother. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, the buzz is definitely happening. Most of those are big ticket yeah. tickets. tickets. So that's where Brad Pitt shows up on Thursday with a crew of 10 people, and they buy those. So I expect it to be sold out, and I expect it to be all very rich, overly pretty people with fake lips all sitting in the front paying those big dollar tickets. (laughs) So is that what this is, like the true fight fans? I mean, there's going to be a massive Irish contingent there to support McGregor. Are they kind of pushed to the nosebleeds, and this is like a who's who, who's attending type event? 
Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's weird on a million levels, but fascinating on a lot of levels, yeah. too. But it's a moment in human history, right, where somebody says, I can do something that's impossible. A lot of people say, no, you can't. That's ridiculous. And other people say, especially Irish people say, hey, maybe you can do it. Let's get on a plane and fly to Las Vegas. I mean, it is, it's a reflection of the society that we live in, this disruptor-driven society that we live in. And uh, it's a weird one. It's very 2017, man. You know, the, can Conor McGregor win this fight? I don't know. Trump wasn't supposed to win that election. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's, we're living in a weird time. It could be, uh, we could be living in a simulation, my brother. So what's the weirdest thing you've seen? I mean, we're still midweek, but what's the weirdest thing that you've seen since you landed? I've been here from McGregor fights. Oh, well, hold on, Robin, you're just dropping. Hold on, Joe, just trying to reconnect with Robin. Uh, Robin Black joining us from Las Vegas, covering Mayweather McGregor. Uh, for TSN this week. Just let me know. Is he good? Yeah. Robin, sorry, just the connection started to drop a bit. Carry on, pal. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the Irish come here, and there'll be maybe 3,000 of these guys, but there'll be 60,000 of them in Vegas. And they sing and they dance and they take their clothes off and they put their shoes in the air. And they, <laughs> you know, it's, it's absurd. Absolutely insane. The Irish contingent, how this man is able to gather an entire nation, a free nation, and bring it over here. That's the craziest part. And you've seen it from today. Um, but yeah, it's, this is a weird one. You know, it, it's, I'm sitting here with the, the crew of TSN, Russ Amber, who is a boxing lifer, yeah. and he, he's offended by this. The, the man is offended by this with Triple G, you know, the, one of the biggest fights, the greatest highest level boxing fight is going down very shortly and he's got to watch a MMA fighter fight the greatest boxer of all time but this is the world we're living in man you know this is where we are right uh, Mayweather brought up this week that McGregor looks jacked and he might have some problems when it comes to the weigh-in is that what you're hearing Robin sorry the connection is just bad connection with Robin Joe, just try to get him back on. Floyd Mayweather said this week that McGregor's looking, you know, looking big. Looks like he's carrying a lot of weight. He's got to make his way. They'll find a way to make it happen. Imagine that, all this money invested into this event, and then McGregor can't make his way, and that can't be the case. But he's right. I have some. Irish, I have uh, a bunch of Irish buddies throwing a big party at the hideout here on College Street in Toronto this week. It's going to be off the hook. I'm going to actually be in Montreal. TFC, by the way, plays the Philadelphia Union tonight, then play the Montreal Impact on Sunday. So I'm going to be in Montreal on Saturday Saturday night watching the fight there. Robin Black back on the line. It, will McGregor have a difficult time making weight here, Robin? See, I mean, there's so many variables, right? But when you're fighting, Floyd Mayweather is really a 135-140-pound man. He's going to weigh 153-154 pounds on Friday, but he's a little man. Conor McGregor at fight time wants to weigh close to 180 pounds. And the art of weight cutting comes from wrestling through mixed martial arts. He has to cut a ton of weight to weigh 154 to walk into that ring about 177, 178. It's going to be a challenge for him, for sure. But you do the hard work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then it makes the night easier on Saturday. But there's no threat that there wouldn't be a fight. Like, there's too much involved here, isn't there? Yeah, 
for sure. And, and you know, that's an interesting point, Gareth, because same, same idea. You know McGregor's game is going to be pull on the head, wrestle with your arms, yank on him, maybe soft fouls like headbutts that are accidental. That, that won't be, you know, unless it's obvious, you won't see a disqualification. Same thing. It's too big a fight, right? And we've got a referee with a bit of a history of allowing this kind of thing. So you're going to see, you know, you won't see the fight be missed for any reason. If somebody's got an injury, they're doing this for it. Too, too much money. You know, if there's a small, soft foul, it's not going to be a disqualification. This is too big, too much on the line. So so you're there now. It's set in that this is real, that this is happening. How's the rest of the week going to play out, Robin? Hey, man, TSN's going to bring you the best coverage in the world right now. Uh, me, Dachi, uh, Dutition, Russ Amber, we're going to be down here covering everything. Beautiful. There's press conferences. These guys are talking like nonsense. The weigh-ins, we're going to analyze it all week, and then Saturday night it's just going to be madness. Beautiful. Can't wait for that. We have to talk about John Bone Jones as well. How surprised are you by this positive steroid test? Coming from a guy that said, well, what's going to be Cormier's excuse this time? You know, it's not going to be steroids. Well, it, it looks like it was steroids again when it comes to one of the faces of UFC. Hey, man, I mean, we can't make excuses anymore for this guy. A genius athlete, a brilliant genetic, you know, uh, specimen, and uh, the dude's failing drug tests, and that's an anabolic. Like, this isn't some weird weight-cutting thing. This is an anabolic steroid, and, and he's going to make excuses. They're going to say it's a tainted supplement, but that dude's on the juice, and, and we're not going to make any any excuses for that? That's that's just where it's at. It's sure we got to discuss the fact. Hey, you got to let these things go out and the second, third test. But we know what's up here. And, what a, what uh, a that's moron! A shame. What, what a of the great mo- fighters ever. Exactly. Like he was exciting. He had it all. Why does he need to use performance enhancing drugs? It's you know I, I do a lot of work with a sports psychology consultant, David Mullins, who's worked with Conor McGregor and has worked with his whole team in the past and. And most of these sports psych guys say that performance-enhancing drugs at this level of a guy like that is a psychological weakness. It's, it's uh, insecurity. It's a, a fear of failure. You know, he's, he's physically strong. He's technically brilliant. And he's mentally weak, you know, and uh, that's going to be his legacy. And every time we, we say, oh, you know, this time he'll come back. This time he'll be different. He says it. We make excuses for him. But I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to go down in history as one of the, you know, the, the saddest examples of a, of a genius of a sport. This is the last thing Dana wants to be dealing with this week of all weeks. Like, this is a big week for him, for McGregor, and now having to deal with this? He's got to be livid right now, Robin. Yeah, I haven't seen Dana yet, but I, I know Dana. <laughs> He's not yeah. going to be happy. Like, you know, one of their biggest stars outside of McGregor gets dinged for the sauce. Like, this is not good, right? And, you know, we're, it, as it is, as much as you're talking to a guy who loves the martial arts, who sees this as a viable win for a guy to disrupt the art of boxing, I see that. I'm one of, you know, a tiny percentage, but most people see this as a sideshow, and now you've got a juiced-up champion on top of it, so it's a tough week for sure. And he's not the first one, and, and, and that's the thing, Robin. Guys who have been busted in the past, it doesn't bother me because I appreciate the art, I appreciate the spectacle 
of UFC, of mixed martial arts. I dig it no matter what. This won't affect me. But when Dana White's trying to battle for legitimacy, whatever that means, then that's where it comes across as being disingenuous. Like, does he need to keep on preaching legitimacy? Or can he go back to just selling his product as it is, being exceptional athletes, risking their well-being, doing incredible things? I think there's so many spinning plates, right? You know those acrobats who spin like 50 plates They're at one amazing, time? by the way. That's yeah. what any complex system is like, like this. And uh, things like, the, this is the hurt business. Guys are hurting each other. We can't have a scenario in five years where people go back and say, hey, this guy took drugs to hurt me. You know, there's so many variables. It's got to be a clean sport. It's got to be a clean art. And uh, John Jones is looking terrible this week. Good stuff, buddy. You guys are going to be looking great all week long on TSN. Robin Black, part of the TSN team covering everything surrounding McGregor Mayweather. We'll catch you tonight on SportsCenter, Robin. Enjoy it and keep the Dutchie and his 24-inch pythons under wraps, okay? Dutchie's got 60-inch pythons, my friend. That a boy. Uh, <laughs> Tell him I say what's up. On, brother. Thanks, buddy. At Robin Black MMA on Twitter as well to follow along all week. It's time for this. What the? F- they defeat the Toronto Blue Jays 19 to one. Oh, that's nasty. You come to the rink to see something maybe you've never seen before, and that might be one of those moments. It's only two dudes better than me, and I'm both of them. Stay off the weed. W-P-F. All right, the Cubs are an historic baseball franchise, but a little history was made last night. Joe Madden had left-handed Anthony Rizzo playing third base in the ninth inning last night, filling in while Chris Bryant went for a precautionary x-ray on his hand. Chicago won the game 13-9, but Rizzo playing third base became only the third left-handed third baseman in Cubs history and the first one over the last over 100 years. George Decker and Jimmy Ryan played there during the 1800s. No left-handed third baseman for the Chicago Cubs since the 1800s. That's incredible. So Kyrie Irving has left the Cleveland Cavaliers, traded to the Boston Celtics back in 2013. Kyrie, a new member, drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, did a Q&A at a school with a bunch of young school kids. And young Nick, don't know his last name, just Nick, asked Kyrie this very pointed question. My name is Nick. Are you going to leave us like LeBron left us? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. Um, no, I won't leave. I'm not leaving. How can I leave you guys? Aww. Now, in Kyrie's defense, how could he know? How could he know? But if you're Nick today, how's Nick feeling? Nick is saying WTF. He's like, really? You just broke my heart, Kyrie. You lied. Albert Pujols last night became baseball's all-time home run leader among foreign-born players, passing Sammy Sosa. Pujols, though, was born in the Dominican Republic, but here's the WTF. He went to high school and played college ball in Kansas City. I guess he still counts as a foreign-born player, obviously because he was born in another country. But the top five list, Pools clean, Sosa not so much, Palmero not so much, Manny Ramirez not so much, then David Ortiz. And the thing with Albert Pools is 
He's been a phenomenal baseball player, one of the best of his generation, but you'll think about a player who couldn't live up to that free agent contract he signed with the Angels. It's kind of not fair for Albert Pools, isn't it? Gary Sanchez, can we say that he's the best catcher in baseball? He's now had 546 career at-bats, which is essentially a full season for a non-catcher. His numbers, he's amassed 45 home runs and 111 RBI. That's pretty wild. Gary Sanchez dominating. Dark guy back in the news. How dark guy is still a thing is beyond me. And now he's, like, I'm a patient at Princess Margaret, and a guy with a dart in his mouth is now raising money for Princess Margaret. Like, last time I checked, smoking, lung cancer, not a good thing. I'm being part, taking part in the road, co- road hockey to conquer cancer tournament. So is Dark Guy. And if you want to donate to Dark Guy's team, you'll be entered to win a 3D bust model of himself, equipped with his signature dart, the blue mohawk, and the words, Go Leafs Go. Do you want that? Like, what, what the hell would you do with that? And how this is a promotion for a cancer fundraiser? Don't get it. Tennessee Republicans and other supporters of Donald Trump shared an image last night of what they said was a massive crowd outside the gathering in Phoenix. Only problem was the photo was actually an aerial shot from the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers celebratory parade. Whoops! Might want to fact check that. Oh yeah, and last night Donald Trump, while being aired on CNN, told the viewing public that CNN wasn't broadcasting him live, that they'd cut away from his ranting and raving last night, even though CNN was quite clearly broadcasting. So last night you were watching CNN and watching Donald Trump say that you couldn't watch him on CNN. What? Okay. That is the ultimate WTF. Wow, that's messed up. Very, very messed up. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. That's all for today. I'm out. I'm off to Montreal this week. I'll be calling Toronto FC Philadelphia Union tonight, 8 p.m. here on TSN 1050. Then Sunday afternoon, TFC and the Montreal Impact, a great rivalry. Enjoy the rest of the week, Toronto. Thanks to Joe Narsa. Thanks to Scrizzy. Mike Hogan's up next. Enjoy the day, Toronto.